Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this edition of Inside the Stakes. I'm your host, Joe Wilson, along with Mark McDonald. And today, Mark, I'm excited. We're going to be sitting down with two unbelievable, knowledgeable young men, Derek and Eric from Miles of Golf. These guys are special, aren't they? They bring the knowledge today. We talk about everything from what to expect in a fitting, why you should have one, different types of fittings, whether it's between irons, drivers, gappings, putter, you name it. We talk about it all, and really, you have no excuse to not go and get a fitting. None. When you think of the amount of money you're getting ready to spend for for clubs, just taking the extra time to get fit and how it's going to impact your fingerprint, it means all the divots in the world. So sit back, relax. We're putting the ball on the first tee and getting ready to send it down the fairways with the boys from Miles of Golf. Hey, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Inside the Stakes. We've got a couple beauties with us today, Joe. We've got a couple fitters from Miles of Golf, our sponsor. It is our sponsor. Yeah. So we're going to get into fittings today. All kind of the uh, the basics. Because a lot of people still haven't had fittings. I don't know how that's possible. but it's mind-boggling. Yeah. So uh, we've got Eric and Derek. Uh, we're keeping our distance today. At least Derek is. Well, we're about a few feet away, right? Four, three? We're behaving. Yeah. Um, so... Derek, Eric, thanks for having, uh, thanks for coming on the show today. And uh, you guys are our experts. Um, so if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, what got you into fitting. Derek, let's start with you. Um, so I am here in my house in Hamilton. Um, trying to keep the distance with all this crisis going on in the world, but. Uh, yeah, we, we actually we you didn't get you didn't get invited today actually right you just we had to kept stay you out we kept you out bud correct correct that's right <laughs> <laughs> um you know what brought me to miles of golf was uh just kind of a crazy story um i've been around golf my whole life played golf in college and you know to move up on the green grass side of the world i started in the country club side of the business and you know eventually just wanted to try and work my way up and work my way up. Just seemed like, you know, it was taking forever. And, you know, I ended up moving to New York to take a job and had a lot of fun, you know, played a lot of nice golf. But there was still something missing. And when I left that job in New York, I, I knew I had to do something. Um, and that's, you know, kind of how I, Telling the Miles of Golf shop, just talking to the guys there and told them my story. And man, it seems like, uh, you know, the rest is history. This is my eighth, eighth year with the company now. Wow. wow. You started up there in Ann Arbor, correct? I did. So for our listeners, Miles of Golf has two uh, big locations. One is in Ann Arbor, Michigan. And the other in Cincinnati, and and you currently. When did you move to Cincinnati to to open up the Cincinnati facility? Uh, for me, I moved down December of two thousand thirteen. Okay, seven years. And we we opened the store here in Cincinnati in February of fourteen. So we had a good you know, 40, 50 days with uh, the employees that we hired, you know, um, and wanted to train them on what we do. You know, it was a long six weeks. So that, 
you know, we rang the bells and kind of opened the front doors. And you got to hang out with the Miami University golf team. Correct. That is when I met Mark. Yours truly. Mark was was still playing in college back then. That's right. You were my my first fitting. No wonder I sucked that spring. For for our listeners that don't that don't, let me put a little picture and and what miles of golf is. It is it is literally a, uh, everything you could imagine when it comes to golf. They have a, a stocked pro shop from eyewear to range finders to every driver, every putter possible. There's a driving range in the short game area, but they also have the clubatory, which is uh, of just it is. Willy Wonka in the chocolate everything. factory. Yeah. Uh, it's everything. So all your key manufacturers, every shaft head combo, wedges to putting Sam Lab. If you are a golfer and are into uh, excelling, uh, you can literally get fit for anything at, at, at the clubatory. And so that's where, Eric, we're going to bring you in here at this yep. point, what Eric and Derek do on yep. a daily basis. You guys really, um, and it's a full-time job, you're fitting clients into wedges and drivers and everything. Eric, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, My story kind of differs from Derek. Um, I actually came to Miles right when they bought the place in May of 2013. Um, At that point, it was just Pete, our general manager there. Um, I think it was like a week or two after they bought it. I walked in. It was after my freshman year of college. Um, I needed a job because my cutting grass job, everyone dropped me for obvious reasons. And I walked in and said, hey, I saw you guys bought the place. I need a job. He goes, what do you do? I cut grass and I play college golf. Perfect. You're hired. (laughs) See you Monday. Um, I've done about every job there. So I started that those first two summers. Actually, I was just maintenance, picking balls, um, fixing stuff, keeping it all looking nice outside. Kind of starting to move my way inside. I didn't know this. I didn't know you started outside. Yeah, I've done. Yeah, I started outside first two summers. Third summer was um, being a cashier, just helping inside, being, basically being Dave, our sales manager. Assistant. Pretty much collecting my money because I, <laughs> yeah. think, I think I was there like five out of seven days yeah. at that time with two young saw, junior golfers. I saw Joe and the family a lot. <laughs> um, and then actually that after I graduated, so that fourth summer, I took over the putt-putt and batting cages that we oh, have. Yeah. Uh, I was manager up there for a summer, um, all while knowing this was uh, that it was going to turn into what the company, when they first started, they didn't have the laboratory. It was just trying to get it started. And I remember Pete looking at me and saying, do you know what this, you know what we do? I said, no, not really. I just know which driving range and yeah. stuff like that. And he goes, well, look us up. So I looked up the website, obviously, for the Ann Arbor location. I saw it and it was just mind blowing. You know, unbelievable. I, the unbelievable. first time you see it, folks, it's, it's these massive bays. There's yes. graphics everywhere. I mean, it is, you, you feel, yeah. okay, I mean, you guys are professionals and I feel like a professional. I walk in there and you know, you get out of work and then you hit a ball and then they put me on track and I'm like, turn that off. But you literally feel like you're, you're like a professional with yeah. the, it's, it's an unbelievable experience that you all have created. Yeah. It, you know, once I figured, once I saw that, what they do, I figured that if I could stay long enough, I may get the opportunity to start to fit. Because I was always in the, I always had the interest with the technology yeah. just by growing up where I didn't really care about swing. I didn't really know. I, I knew about it. Sure, you're a really, golfer. I'm a golfer. I like equipment. I like looking at stuff. I like looking at the 
technology, sure. different laws, movable weights, stuff like that. I knew if I stayed along, stayed around long enough that I could, that I could maybe do it. And then I think it was that fifth summer I started fitting. So it's gone from a job for you yep. to a career. Correct. And, and sounds like in a little different stance, but same for Derek, it was, you were in a career and looking for something different. Mm -hmm. And, and this just became a, a great, you know, it's amazing to me as you guys both came up in this period of, of when golf club technology just went hyperspeed. Yep. I mean, if you think about the clubs and how things have changed from that 2007, 2008, where you started to get that quad, the movable weight kind of thing, yeah. TaylorMade kind of started that. You could customize. I still remember. I got the original R7. I, I played yeah. in the... Uh, I smoked that thing, <clears throat> man. Yeah. That I was <laughs> like 190 air time. I felt so saucy. It was great. I finally moved back to like the senior tees. I'm like, I've hit it so far. It, it, and it was, but it changed right before that. It was the burner bubble and then the great big Bertha. And I remember the first time, God, I'm dating myself when I hit the great big Bertha and the titanium head versus the old wooded head. And I'm like, good Lord. And if you stop and think of technology, but it's really been, what's been great about your all's industry is it has just moved so rapidly, not just with the manufacturers, but the way to measure and observe the golf ball flight, the radar technology, uh, the Trackman, and so many other great brands from FlightScope. Yeah. There's so many good ones, but now I know you guys use Trackman, right? Trackman and for and then for putting, you guys use Quintech. Quintech, right? So we'll get into that maybe uh, later. But um, it's amazing the data that you can get from these machines uh, and how it's impacting and helping golf. Yep, definitely. Definitely. We use Trackman for our max fittings and then we use the GC2 Game Changer Launch Monitor for our basic fittings. Um, slight difference between both of them. You know, look at GC2 as a camera-based launch monitor okay. versus the Trackman's a Doppler radar-based launch monitor. And what does that mean? Someone that just doesn't understand. Derek, put in, put in, put into some words. What does that mean for, for you know, hey, I'm, I'm a 90 shooter guy or I'm an 80 shooter guy. What, what are those two technology? What's the difference in those two packages? Yeah, I mean, I don't, you know, try and steer anybody away from a max fitting uh, when we're using TrackMan. Um, I've always said, hey, if you're in the 90s and you, you, you're struggling to break 90s, doing a max fitting and getting all of that information and getting educated, not just on ball flight, but also on club delivery, I mean, anybody can benefit from that. It's just the yeah. willingness of, you know, having to spend a little bit of money out of pocket to see that technology. What's really cool is that you're not only getting a fitting, but you're really getting a, a really good insight into your actual golf swing. I your think fingerprint. Even, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you'd said, you, you mentioned club, club delivery. You're talking a lot about, um, face and path, how the club's coming into the golf ball. It's not just strictly how the ball flying. So you're, the player who's coming in for that fitting is learning quite a bit about themselves and their golf game. And uh, it's not just particular what club or what shaft they should have. Well, even watching, you know, watching golf on the weekends and when that comes back and I can't wait um, in, in our COVID-19 break here. Um, it is amazing to see when you look at the Matthew Wolfs and, and the difference of how some of these guys are delivering the ball, Bubba Watson, right? These uncharacteristic quote unquote swings to, to even the Rory or the Adam Scott, they're so unique and so different Yet it's still about a ball and a glove and, deli and delivering the club head. But man, how you do it is so different. And the shaft that connects it to your body is so important. 
I, I, I coach high school golf and it amazes me. We'll see some of these young men, unbelievably talented young men. Um, and, and they're so excited. They come in and, and they show us this, you know, $500 driver that they've been cutting grass all, all summer or grandma and grandpa bought it for them. And I'm like, Oh, great. Tell me about the shaft. And, and you look at it and, and they just bought it off the rack and, and it just breaks my heart because it most times just doesn't work. Right. It, it's not. How often <laughs> right. do you guys see that? I mean, I, I you have to see that all the time. Walk us through a little bit of a common thread. And we've got a wide audience. Right. So guys that are that are just trying to go out and break 90 to the competitive and collegiate golfers. I know you guys do a ton of college fittings for the, for these guys and professionals. A lot of the local professionals will come to you guys to get fit when they order from from the manufacturer. But walk us through a normal person that's, what are some common things you guys end up seeing that are just some common maybe misconceptions? Derek, you want to go first? Go ahead. Uh, I see, one, I see a lot of very, very old technology, as you kind of mentioned earlier with, you know, people that still haven't gotten fit. I can't tell you how many Titleist DCI irons. I see, you know. Hey, I so own a set of those. <laughs> what do you What do you guys now consider old technology? That's a good point. Oh man, oh man. Um, are we talking years or models? Or I'm sure some years have manufacturers have better models that are still semi comparable, maybe oh, to yeah. something right now. So, uh, I would say um, years more so. Are we know, talking a decade? Yeah, I'd say that. We're I mean, talking irons or woods. Yeah, both. Okay. I would assume both. Um, Derek, what were you going to say? Um, I think the, uh, the technology changes that we get to see being fitters and uh, being at miles of golf, the testing that we do when something new comes out. I mean, it, it blows my mind from year to year how much stuff can change. And that's just, you know, praise to these engineers that are just, building these new clubs from year to year it it blows it blows my mind year to year stuff changes big time so is it safe to say if someone's coming in with a four or five year old set of irons or driver that that they're leaving maybe accuracy um out there or they're they're definitely leaving distance i would have to think definitely definitely you know on that on on that topic um what are you guys seeing? There's been a huge jump in technology. It seems like to me, and and especially in, uh, across the whole golf game of golf, right? But even in in your fairway woods and your hybrids, it's amazing to me these new uh, scientific moves that they've made. The ball is going so far off the three wood and the five woods and the hybrids, and it's no longer I just need to drive in a three wood and I'm good to go. The, the gapping is different. There's holes that appear because they're going so far. Oh, yeah. On the other end of that, as well as just with how far irons are going, you've got bigger gaps between wedges now, too. That's a great so, but point. Between, not only the gaps between the, the longer irons in the woods, but then also between whatever their highest lofted wedges and, and their standard pitching wedge as well. You've got a pretty big gap there now, too. I think you got to look at what we do with hitting balls outside versus into like a net or a screen as well. You know, we're not always trying to go for distance. We're not always going to try to go for, you know, the longest, you know, three, but we're trying to get to where that's gapped appropriately. Playability is one of our biggest things as well too. how that ball is landing into the green with how we've got seven irons. Yeah. Um, how that ball is landing into the green. All right. So, so talk about that real quick, because I, I know a lot of people, 
are so concerned with distance, yep. which they should be. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But talk about the difference between strictly, let's, let's say if you guys are fitting with a seven iron, mm-hmm. strictly distance versus something that really is best for them or kind of optimal and playable. And on that, before you hit it, I mean, just so folks know, you, you can hit a seven iron a long way, but if it doesn't come into the green at the right angle, it's not going to hold the green. It's going to hit and bounce off. Well, well, what good did you just do? You hit a seven iron 205 yards and it, yeah. and, and you flew every green because it's bouncing and rolling. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you look at the loss of different seven irons, how seven irons are constructed, you know, center gravities and such like that. I mean, yeah, you can, you're right. You can hit a seven iron. How, I mean, even me being five, nine swing a seven iron at 89 miles an hour, Callaway Epic Forge, I can hit that thing 210, but it's landing at 38 degrees mm. versus something that would fit me more appropriately. Let's say, you know, titles T100, you know, 33, 34 degree seven iron that lands at 45 obviously we try to strive for 45 that's going to be the best playable kind of deal um 45 48 degrees so that way it's that distance or that spin number is consistent so your your distance control is consistent and every person's different every person is way way different it's your fingerprint and by the way what he's saying is not that callaway is not superior to Titleist, but just for maybe just, just for, right. for Eric, yeah, for, for you. For Everyone's and fitting. That's is the be whole point. Yeah. This is it is a fingerprint game, definitely. And you can't just go and buy it because Billy Bob, your buddy, yeah. has it, and and it, it just it just doesn't work that way. Just overall distance control and spin numbers. You know, we always hear about spin and such like that on TV. Making sure that number is consistent with ball speed and launch. That's going to give you better distance control to where you're not flying greens. You're not hitting a ball that's bouncing over. You're going to be one to where it hits and it's going to be that number every single time, whether you put a a really good swing on it or just an iffy swing on it. You know, we see so much about distance and and obviously the driver comes to mind, right? So do me a favor, guys, talk a little bit about, you know, take manufacturer ABCD. They're all good. Mm -hmm. And, and take one of their, what are some of the variances you've seen from someone bringing in a, a club they bought quote unquote off the rack with, with club a manufacturer and, and with the ability you all have with so many different shafts, how have you guys seen just staying in that club head alone? What type of variances are you seeing among an average golfer in distance and carry or dispersion left or right? Just keeping the same head, but getting properly fit for the shaft with that fingerprint of a swing. Eric? Well, strike point is big and that's what shaft's really going to do is control strike or contact and strike or whatever on the, the face. moment where the club meets Hits the, the ball. ball yeah Yeah. obviously we don't want impact know, impact yeah if we look at what shaft actually does it's it's going to help control strike impact whether you hit it you know center maybe two three millimeters high whatnot we want that as consistent as possible that's what shafts are going to do sure and that's what's going to help control you know, ball flight, launch and spin. So what are you seeing with an, and I know it varies per person, but I mean, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit just so our listeners can have an idea. I mean, maybe, maybe one ball, f- one shaft, you're seeing a 50 yard dispersion. And then just by keeping the same head in a different shaft, have you guys noticed it? And maybe not, is there, is there a difference between these shafts where you can really tighten in the dispersion? Yeah, definitely. I think that's just properly timing up how they load and unload the golf club. Uh, like it, it comes down to how they swing. It's your blueprint, right? Yeah. It, you know, how they unload and load it. So yes, it just depends on what kind of profile they need. I'm very big into bend profile, you know, such like that. You know, some, some people like counterbalance shafts, Sure. you know, that's where weight is in the, in the, in grip, the grip end as well. Part, so you can yeah, feel it. Yeah. Yeah. To where, you know, some 
better, you know, higher swinging people like the lower balance point shafts, yes. you know, Ventus Black, such like that too. So it just really depends on how they deliver it, what how they load and unload it, and then strike point. You know, that could that could also well, yeah, and also I mean, how that person feels. You know, yeah. when they deliver that shaft, definitely feel is huge. Talk talk more about that, Derek. I mean, you know, kind of what you said. You know, off the rack. You know, that's a the term we get all the time where you, you'll get a guy that comes in and goes, oh, I'm just, I've been fit multiple times. I can just buy off the rack. Well, the feel of what you get in this laboratory, being able to test, you know, the same head and with 10 different shafts that, you know, is also considered off the rack from a lot of these manufacturers today where, you can get fit to something and it doesn't cost you any extra, but you know, that company might consider it customs where the feel of this shaft compared to that shaft is just, it's huge. And I mean, you know, the people that don't give themselves the chance to do that, I just, you know, kind of what you said at the beginning of this, Joe, it blows my mind. I think that's a really good point is that most of these manufacturers have, how many shafts would they consider stock? 10. Oh, oh man, it's probably 10 to 20. Yeah. yeah 10 to 20. So just because if you walk into a sporting goods store and see a driver head that has everything has the same shaft in it, doesn't mean that's the only model that they offer that's still at that price range. Definitely. I think that's probably a misconception that a lot of people have is that they're spending four or $500 on a driver and they say, man, I've got to spend another $200 just to get a different shaft. And normally that company offers 10 or so that are the same darn price. So, so I'm going to tell a fun little story here. My business partner, Oh, was ha- hasn't been playing golf a lot. His his daughter's collegiate softball, and so he's traveling a lot. And he's like, you know what? This is the year I'm getting back into the game. And so he was really excited to go out and and you know, as we all are, long winter, ready to go. So he he sent me a text, and he was at a a big box store. I'm just gonna say that he's like, man, they've got this brand X driver and and the shaft. And what do you what do you think about it? I think I'm gonna get it. They've got. I'm, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna buy it. I think I'm gonna get a, a that, and I'm gonna get a three wood. And and have you heard about the high red night? I'm like, time out, slow. Whoa, hey, <laughs> my. my 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 bro's about ready to drop some serious cabbage, and he is hooked and ready to go. And I said, "Man, you've got you, you just have to get fit." So he reluctantly listened, and he went and got fit. And what was so cool is to hear his story back to me to go, "Oh my goodness, I took that driver and that shaft that I had in my hand walking to the counter when I called you, and I started with that." And then about 45 minutes later, I was in a different manufacturer head and a different shaft. And I said, well, what was the difference? He goes, it was 54 yards of carry yeah. and the dispersion. I said, are you, and, and he's a decent golfer, right? So we're not, we're not talking like, you know, he's a, he's a very decent golfer. 54 yards. That's astronomical. By the way, from a statistical right. standpoint, if you look at that, 54 yards would be close for his playing ability, about four shots around. Exactly. I mean, that's mind boggling, right? And so he's literally ready to go out and spend all this money. And then he gets actually fitted and 54 yards. And so I watched him hit. He was so excited and went out and watched him hit. I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, the guy looks like he's on tour, right? And it's, it's crazy just to see someone hitting the pause button. 
yep. and doing their due diligence and getting fit. Okay, so what is his ability level? He's he's a very good uh, high seventy, low eighty, and plays okay. occasionally. He's just a good athlete. All right, Derek, Eric. All right, talk to us a little bit about this misconception, or have you heard people say, "I'm just not good, not good enough to get fit"? I hear it all the time. So, obviously, we all played decent golf. Sometimes. Joe, you played decent golf as well. Don't even. I I played many years ago before all that's, the surgeries. I maybe. I mean, I'm looking across. He's got the Valhalla members only shirt on. We've got a Fox Chapel hat on. I mean, come on, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. So, I like the game, players. I like so, the game. Talk to us a little bit about still the benefits for a player, whether they're still at a high level or whether they're even a beginner. Derek Bueller. Say that again. Uh, talk to us just the differences or the benefits, whether you're a beginner golfer or even if you're a high level player, because it, like, again, you guys hear that statement all the time of people just making the excuse of saying, Hey, I'm just not quite good enough to, for, for fitting. Well, you'd be, you know, and Eric can attest to this, that I think the guy who has never been fit and who's a high handicapper and is, you know, the weekend warrior, um, I think those guys, we can help the most. Um, just educating them, them on what we look at, you know, during a fitting. And, you know, it all comes back to that thing, you know, oh, I'm just standard, standard off the rack. Well, the problem is there is no standard, standard anymore. Every company is different. Exactly. You know, if all these companies did the same thing, we, they wouldn't all exist. So it's, it's imperative that you know you give yourself the chance if you're going to invest into this game. In that in that light, I think what's amazing is you, you can take and and inside of these manufacturers' lineup, there are so many options now. It's way more than what it used to be. I mean, I can think of one of the the big manufacturers right now. I'm a big fan of, and I'm not going to mention the name, but, but but they have, you know, a draw-based driver and a neutral driver, and then a driver that, that spins less for the higher swing speed player. And then they go into this whole world of ultra lightweight. And so if you are a little older or you have shoulder issues from a guy that's oh, no. had, are you describing your entire easy. self? Yeah, maybe I am. <laughs> maybe I am. That needs that lighter weight, but still can can swing enough. But you need that speed. Um, it, it's not just going on and buying. There's so many different variations inside the one club factory that that you like. Yep. We identify that pretty. I don't want to say pretty quickly, but we definitely explore all those options even within the same company. Yeah. You know, especially during my, especially during my kind of fittings. You know, we're kind of looking at what is the most efficient ball flight we're looking for. Yes. And then what are we, you know, if we maybe we need to get something in the shorter irons, have a little bit more feel, a little bit yeah. more kind of help around the green. Or so are you too. saying something like where, where you can even split a set? And I think that's a point oh, yeah. from an iron. So, you know, you have like the blades, right? Yeah. And you have a, a, a kind of an in-between, then a cavity back. You guys can literally get somebody that says, man, I like the feel. Maybe they were a player at one time. I yeah. like the feel of that smaller head in my pitching wedge in nine. Yeah. But man, I need help in my five and my four. Oh, definitely. And you guys can order that in and blend it to where it works. You're talking to two guys that have two different irons in their bag right now. It's awesome. That was me as well for a long time in college. I had uh, four or five iron that were a little bit bigger, and I they were launching just a little bit higher. I think the overall height was only like 10 feet higher, but mm -hmm. that little bit extra 
allowed me to to carry it a little bit further and those longer irons stopped a little bit quicker as well. Wasn't mm-hmm. a couple of years ago, I think it was Ricky Fowler that that kind of shocked the golf world. He plays with these tiny little blades and then he threw in a, a yeah, I remember that. A large yep. four iron man. He still does. He still does. He still does. Just and I mean updated. it's it's like a shovel on the end of yeah. the stick and, and he was yeah. getting grief from all his buddies on tour and then he steps up and just smokes, smokes it and he's it. like, and that's why. Yeah. And and then you notice they're all Great. doing it. A lot of tour players have that. I mean, Rory has has been playing maybe two different long irons. Um, Ricky's the same one. Yeah. Um, a lot of guys do that. It's only the you know top tier guys like Tiger Woods. Even him, his two iron, it's different from his irons. Yeah. You know, so it we have the ability to do that. I mean, that's where you know we're looking out for the best interests of the golfer. We're on your side. I think that's another thing. We're on your side. We're trying to help you play, get equipment that's going to help you play the best golf available. And that may be that may mean splitting the set in the high end, yeah. or maybe even splitting the set in the short end, to where we get a little bit more feel, maybe a smaller profile. And what's important that you guys do it to where the gapping, yeah, stays correct. Definitely. Because if you just go out and try to do this on your own without the data, you mm-hmm. could be putting a twenty yard yes. plus gap where you're you're going to a course and you just don't have the club. No, it's either going to go over, or it's going to go short, and you've got to have that gap. The only way to do that is with the technology that you guys are using. Yep. That or have someone <laughs> physically measuring every ball. Uh, Joe, go shag this one for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I've got my shag hat on, without a doubt. Well, shoot, I even had a, a college player that I was working with uh, last week that his three wood was carrying close to 260, carrying, and he had a three iron that was carrying 220. Wow. Big. So it's you've a big got a gap. massive gap. So this is a player that's a division one college player and still has a huge gap. So if you guys are seeing that with even players that we would consider really elite, think about how terrible the gapping is for the, probably the average player. Too. Well, you could go so, into a situation where you got a gap between 175 and two, you know, 200 or, or 205. I mean, that's a big gap. If you're playing a long par three, what are you going to do? And the same thing with, like we said earlier with wedges, you've got wedges now that are from your set that are, a lot stronger than what we've normally seen. But at the same time, even if you take one of the wedges out of a set now compared to, let's say the, let's say a Vokey wedge of the same loft, those wedges, the wedge that's out of your set is still going to fly significantly longer just because of the type of head it is. So how it's constructed. Yeah. I I see a huge gap right now, or at least a lot of the players I have that have their normal pitching wedge that matches their set. And then maybe they have a, a 52 or a 56 degree as their next one. And now they've got 20 yards gap right. in between. Yeah. They're hitting their pitching wedge 140 now, and their yeah. next club goes 110. So, so, so let me ask you guys this, Derek. Derek, field this one, and Eric, you, you, you chime in. So, yeah. uh, I'm I'm ready to go. It's springtime. I'm excited. Um, I I I give miles of golf, and you guys take people from. I know I've been in there enough from everywhere. I mean, you got people from Indiana, and Kentucky, and Michigan. You got the whole state of Ohio coming down. We're in the Midwest here. We get a we get people from all over. The state. Derek, what's the wasn't it? Didn't you fit with someone from California last year? I had a guy from, he was in town from California, and, you know, he had grown up in Michigan, and he knew about miles of golf. That's so cool. I get got, I got a guy that was, <laughs> I got a guy. The craziest part was, he was like, you know, hey, we can drop ship your club? Yeah, right in California. I go, that's where all the manufacturers are, so we're good. So, exactly. <laughs> I, got a, I, had a guy, I had a guy la- uh, last year come from Philadelphia. Wow. So, and part of that's because you guys have the ability, and I say it, and you guys are sponsoring our show, but hit ball, 
Seaball. It's C-ball. something, even from a hack like me, I want to see the trajectory, yeah. and it's really nice to be able to see that. Uh, you're actually seeing the ball fly, and yeah. I think that's so important. I think that's one of the great things about fitting with TrackMan in general, though, is you know that that unit is tracking the entire flight of the golf ball. Yeah. It's not really calculating. So if you go inside, you whatever launch it's monitor. It's an algorithm. Yeah, whatever launch monitor simulator you're hitting on, I've just seen some crazy numbers indoors. Right, right. Um, so... So let's, here we are, we're excited. We want to come in, walk me through kind of the process. I call miles of golf I reach out via email and I, I book a fitting with you guys. Walk, walk me through Eric uh, and Derek, what would be a, a typical process? So D I'm coming in, we've got a two o'clock fitting. What does that look like? How long uh, you, I warm up, walk, walk me through the process. Yeah. I mean, you know, I want you to act like you're going to the golf course. You know, I want you to bring your shoes, bring your bag, you know. So he shows up 30 seconds before to, his tea time. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Grabs a hot dog real <laughs> quick. No. And he's ready I was just to go. Go. No. The nice thing is I can, you guys have the little hot dog shack there. I can grab a hot dog and head back and yes, we bag do. of chips. Oh, man. So your, your ideal, time, let's talk me. about your ideal customer instead of Joe over here. What would that look like? You know, customer gets there 15 minutes early. We actually um, give that customer some buffalo to warm up. You know, just kind of get get loose. So you don't, you know, you're not going into a driver fitting. It's just straight from the car. You know, some guys like that. But uh, you know, you get loose, and we're basically we're guiding you through your own personal demo day. You know, you you don't have people in line and people all over you. you you're there out there having fun and it's an awesome process you know that and try and make it you know the where you're you know not pressured to you know hit a good shot every single time i mean none of us do so how long does the process uh, tend to take i mean if you're if you're i mean obviously it varies if you're doing a whole bag but but if you're doing a driver yeah. fitting or a whole bag, what what's the i mean is it 10 minutes, 15 minutes. If I'm at a you demo know, day, you've got 15 minutes and try to fit a, fit someone into a driver. How does that differ from you guys? Uh, we're going a lot more into that. Um, you know, a driver fitting alone is very easily 60 minutes. Um, you know, the player kind of knows what he wants, you know, we'll, we'll kind of stick towards that, but we're trying to introduce everything based off of what that current, driver is doing and you know eric knows i mean we're looking for a certain ball flight and we want to optimize that ball flight and that's how we know where to go from a manufacturer standpoint you know you know that's why eric and i test this stuff you know we're testing this stuff two three four weeks before it's even on the market to so we understand what it does sure you know it makes us better better sure mm-hmm. Walk about a whole bag. What, what's the Eric? What's the time frame on something like that? That someone someone books a fitting and they want. Man, I'm getting irons. I'm getting the whole thing. What yeah. What's the time frame on that? Typically, it's in two different sessions. Um, fatigue factor becomes a big factor in sure. this. You know, obviously, how I like to do things. I like if we're doing a full bag, start with irons first. Yeah, I think that's a big core component of the golf bag because then that way. Ideally, like I said, two sessions get the, get the irons first. Have those come in. That way, we can gap up to the driver 
Okay. Down to the wedges. I'm sure you probably learn enough about that player, even in the irons, Definitely. where you have a decent idea of where you're going mm-hmm. with the rest of the set of the clubs. Definitely. Oh, 100%. 100%. Well, it's important, too, because, I mean, I'm not out beating balls every day, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm the weekend warrior. And, you know, I'll hit... <laughs> You want a large, medium, or small bucket? Do you have an extra small? That's usually my line. You know, I hit the five, and I'm loose. Let's go. Yeah. If I'm back there beating balls for an hour, I'm dead. Yep. I'm exhausted. Yep. yep. We try to keep you on pace. Uh, I know Derek and I kind of try to look at how the person's swinging. What's their tempo like? Yes. I know I get guys that are hit a ball before it even hits the apex. They're reaching <laughs> they're, out. They're, the they're raking ball. another one over. Yeah. So we kind of slow them down. That's where the whole education process <laughs> sure. comes in. That where we're explaining things. You know, after one or two shots, hey, let's this this variable right here is what we're changing. Yeah, this is what we're looking to change. Why isn't it changing, or why is it changing? And that's where we try to keep them on pace. That way, you're not wore out in 25 minutes hitting 50 golf balls. Right. And then what's so cool is how you guys have that set up back there. I mean, it really avails itself to an educational. We're mm-hmm. gonna get some pictures up on our on our Insta page for everybody, so that you can get an idea of what this looks like because mm-hmm. it is a really cool. Uh, it's a cool place to work. I bet it's man. a, it, it's a, I don't think that still has even come down for me even being there since 13, seeing that place open a uh, laboratory open 14 out. I, I still get excited walking in there just to hit balls for me when I test out new stuff. It, it is pretty darn cool. So, so here's the million dollar question, right? So we, we hear all this cool stuff and, and, and the bottom line comes in. So what's it cost? You know, I want to go get a new driver. I'm going to drop four or $500 yep. easy on, on a new driver. What does a driver fitting? What's it going to cost me? Besides time. Yep. The basic driver fitting is $50. That's okay. for about an hour. Wow. Um, if you purchase the driver as a result of the fitting, it's fully refunded. So there's not no out-of-pocket So it's costs. free. Yep. Um, that's the basic yeah, fitting. Hold on, hold on a second here. You just said it. It's free. <laughs> it's free. So people, people are talking about <laughs> fittings, and they're thinking they're spending a bunch of money. Nope. And if they buy the club from you guys... You're giving them an hour of your time to make sure it's right. So Correct. you're literally talking about nothing other than time. Correct. So why would a person go buy a driver anywhere else in town is my question. Because they don't know about us. That's about the only thing. Crickets. They're like not educated, crickets. right? They're not educated. Not educated. Yep. So you have a basic fitting. What would be what would be the other? Obviously, there must be a different mm-hmm. fitting if it's not basic. Yep. There's the max fitting. That's the one okay. that uses the TrackMan launch monitor. Yes. Uh, our time frame again. Okay. Uh, 125. Okay. For that. Fitting. Um, if you purchase that driver as a result of the fitting, fifty dollar refund is a, is refunded for that's that. That's awesome. So it's seventy five out of pocket. And, and guys, just so for folks that don't know, you're talking about a traveling that's going to cost at that level uh, just to get it in outdoors twenty seven probably all in thousand plus you have to update, update every year the subscription fee. So yep. it's not like you can just go out. I mean, this is a, the price of a I've car. Got my, I've got my invoice right over here. If you'd like to <laughs> exactly. five, 500 for shipping. Wow. <laughs> 500 coming from Denmark. Yes. Over, that's, not free. Over, that's not that's free. That's not free. So it, it, it's definitely worth it's worth it's while. Yes. Um, so from an iron standpoint, what's an, what's an iron fitting with trackman iron fitting with trackman. That's one seventy five. Okay. Um, same $50 refund if you purchase. So 125 bucks. Yeah. So literally we're talking a price of round at a good, a really high end course. You're getting the fingerprint mm-hmm. golf set Correct. for you. Folks, I am, I beg you, I implore you, don't go drop 1100 bucks, $1,000. If you're a junior golfer, <coughs> do not go spend six or 700. Cause I know you guys get that great discount through the AJGA site. Don't spend the money until you're fit you yeah. gotta get fit yeah what we, would be what would be some of the youngest p 
people that you fit in there? Like, are, do you have the ability to fit a junior? Correct. Yeah, we do. Okay. 100%. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I know the answer to that. <laughs> I mean, Derek and Pete have been fitting Joe and Bree since. I mean, uh, I, yeah. I yeah. mean, Derek, you probably worked with Joe when he was 11. Yeah. Uh, and what was so cool is third party testimonial here. You guys weren't trying to put them into a thousand dollar driver. Joe you has knew, stock in miles. of golf. Yeah, I, I feel like I do. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm part of the success of miles of golf. Uh, you guys have, have literally watched and fit my kids uh, from literally the very early junior I've golf. I've been watching your kids hit balls forever. Exactly. So, since I've been there. But so. what's great is you guys never took advantage of that. I mean, if you could find an old senior flex somewhere <laughs> and if we get the numbers to work, it's like, yeah, that'll work for that'll the work. next three months because they're going to grow out of it. Yeah. But you could fit yeah. literally at that age. Yeah, I've, we fit. Oh yeah, we fit JGA kids all the time. Yeah, um, where they need to, they have a specific company they need to order from, or their parents would like them to order from. Yeah, sure. Um, but yeah, we fit juniors. You know, we got a couple different selections of junior clubs back there That's that awesome. kind of help that facilitate yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. How 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 important is it for for our parents that have younger golfers? And right, they're the eight, the nine. They're starting to get into the local tours. And they're playing nine holes with mom and dad, and I, I just want to cringe and I, I look into some of their bags and it's dad's DC high irons that are cut down with 120 grams steel or maybe extra, not even cut down. Or maybe not maybe cut maybe down. Not cut we down. had a kid okay. We had a kid try out a couple of years ago and I looked in the bag man and they were they were nineteen seventy four McGregor's. And uh, we're lucky enough to have a really good varsity team and and very competitive. And I'm like, bro, you have no chance, man. And, uh, you know, they were so heavy for them. And And this kid was born in what, 04? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely dad or grandpa's hand-me-downs and, and I get it cause it's an expensive game, but, but if you're going to play and compete, especially for that junior golfer, there's the, the U S kids clubs now and so many different manufacturers, uh, ping does it, Cali, they do these junior sets. Yep. Mark, you're an instructor, the lightweight shaft. I mean, it matters. We got, want these kids yeah. to skit the ball in the air. It's amazing from an instruction standpoint. I've got a, I've got a young girl that I work with probably fifth, fifth, sixth grade, somewhere in there. Tiny, tiny girl. And she's got these longer, heavier clubs. It looked like she was swinging this jackhammer. Yeah, I mean, this sledgehammer. Was, sledgehammer, yeah. It's brutal. Yeah. So uh, it's amazing the things, like from an instruction standpoint, what her body has to do in order to swing something that heavy. Yeah. And how much better she hit it just by handing her a different club. Right. Um, her swing speed went up eight miles an hour with a driver right off the bat. She starts finding the center of the club face quick, heck of a lot faster. And falling in love with the game. Yeah, she loves it. Yeah. So uh, I think you guys also even got in, I think I remember seeing when you, we were down at the PGA show, another junior set. Um, I'm drawing a blank on the doll, golfing. 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 Those look pretty darn cool too. So Those things are awesome. Yeah. Really big heads. Yeah. Um, they, they're like the the plastic clubs you used to play with when you're little with the massive driver head, but these things are actually real heads on them. So, so if you're out there and you're a grandparent or an aunt and uncle or even a mom and dad with a young junior golfer that's wanting to get into this game, I mean, do them a favor. Yes. You got to get them fit and, and let, them, let them enjoy the game and not – it's hard enough. And that goes all the way through, right? Your high oh, school yeah. ages uh, and, and, you know, your 40- and 50-year-olds coming out of yeah. the office, you mean <laughs> – it doesn't, it can get easier, guys. It, it can get easier. Trying to make this game easier, not harder. All right, guys, talk to me real quick. The things that we haven't talked about fitting, putters, wedges. Yes. I think these are kind of the the couple areas of the game that I think get neglected a little bit. You can correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, might not be quite as sexy maybe as a driver, but 
what do you guys do for people that come in and, or, or maybe this is a, a good way to tell them that they need to get fit for these different areas of the game? The putter, I think, is the most important. I, I think it is the most one of the most important because it's typically. Um, I agree. I would agree with you, Eric. Yeah, it's you guys, you guys are in agreement. Yeah, that's wow. not rare. That's rare. Jeez. That's rare. <laughs> well, you're using it. That is rare. I mean, newsflash, <laughs> folks, you're using it on every hole. Yes, and for Joe, three or four times. On <laughs> yeah, every by hole. four putts, <laughs> I'm using. All right. By the way, I need to book a putter fitting next week, boys. I'm coming in. I think it's usually half yeah. your strokes. I think it's I. I Quintech is what we use. Um, it's a 360 frame, you know, per frame per second camera. Wait, 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 wait. 360 pictures. Frames per second, yeah. Per yeah. second. Yeah. So we're not talking, we're not down there with a Polaroid. No, 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 no. So we're seeing. What's a Polaroid? Okay. Yeah, sorry, boys. I'm dating myself again. <laughs> so we're literally seeing this putter from address yep. to takeaway to yep. transition to impact. We were also through. seeing the ball too. So we have, oh, little, we have little markers on the balls. Yeah. We always talk about, I mean, we always talk about launch and spin on everything, driver, fairway wood, hybrid irons. Many people don't realize there's launch and spin on a putter or on a ball. So walk us, walk us through what that means. So you're, you're saying the ball, maybe it's hopping too much or maybe it's not hopping enough. Mm -hmm. So there's not enough loft or there's too much loft. Correct. And that's not a standard. It, that's fingerprint. Mm -hmm. it, it just comes down to the same kind of principles of what we fit with. Um, you know, if we're trying to change launch and spin with specific lofts, putters have lofts. I mean, three degrees, three and a half degrees is typically what you see standard. Many people don't need that. Many people don't need that because they're actually going to make the harder you swing, ball is going to go up in the air. You want the ball in the air. You want to kind of get on the ground, rolling as quickly as possible. Yeah. No skid. Well, the other variance you have to a putter is, is and not that we want to get too technical, but that, a driver mm -hmm. comes into the heel with the shaft mm -hmm. putters. You have a lot of different toe ones. hang yep. face balance when <laughs> there's reverse balance, you know, there's, there's a, a lot of stuff now the new trust system. I mean, there are so many different yeah. putter styles mm -hmm. and the reality is you have a, you have a fingerprint of a stroke and there's going to be some of those putters that are going to fit Correct. and others that aren't. And on that, you got to be able to aim it. Right. Correct. It's probably one of the most important thing. Your ability to, are you right eye dominant, left eye dominant? How do you aim it? Definitely. And you guys do all that through the we putter do. fitting. And what's we the do. cost of that? $100. Oh my gosh. $100. And then if you purchase the putter, $25 is refunded. Wow. So $75. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 75 wow. And once again, you get to learn quite a bit about your particular stroke and it's yep. not just you guys sell them a putter. Nope. Knowledge is power. The old saying, right? And it definitely is with your, with your golf game. Derek, talk to me real quick about wedges. Oh, the wedge fitting. <laughs> uh, Maybe I shouldn't have asked you geez. that. Sorry about that, man. I didn't. I didn't sometimes, mean to. I didn't mean to put you off. It can be a little brutal. <laughs> well, tell what us why. Uh, I mean, the wedge is huge, right? I mean, you know, coming down to you know the green, and you're, you know, the biggest part is the versatility of these wedges that you. You know, you can see nowadays around the green. Um, you know, Eric will attest to this. I love doing wedge fittings when we are allowed to hit off a of grass. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, turf interaction is huge to us. It's uh, everything in a wedge. wedge. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So, I mean, to be able to go outside and even go out to uh, the front part of Miles Adolph and hit chips 
and to actually hear that bounce and turf interaction, it's, it's a huge part of our fitting. And, you know, we believe in it 100% to not only finding that correct bounce, but once again, coming back to gapping, making sure we know what these wedges are doing. You know, so, so you guys have after market. Do you guys have all of the manufacturers wedge their lofts, their bounce, and guys can try them all out? Is that what you're saying? Oh, big time. Um, you know, Tang just came out last year for the first time ever. They have a wedge fitting system with different heads, different lie angles, different lengths. Once again, different shafts. Um, Cleveland is actually bringing that back. Um, Cleveland was the first one to ever do it about 10 years ago. And because of the cost that goes into that, making a web city system, it's not cheap, but we are very happy that a lot of these companies are starting to do it now. And, you know, it's huge for us. Well, when you look at the technology advancements across the game, and the wedge gets a little ignored, but man, you can almost put an argument that it has been unbelievable technology. I would actually agree with you a little bit. I think there's, I think the technology with wedges, I think is overlooked. Yeah. You know, if you look at specifically like high toe, Cleveland's full face, you know, the PM grind, when you get stuff like that for... You know, if we're talking like he's like Derek said, versatility. Yeah, that's the high. That's the upper echelon of versatility. Sure. I mean, you look at that, and then that also kind of you look at Rory playing high toe last year. Right. With all that mass up in the toe, move center gravity higher. Ball's going to kind of launch lower. And that's right. For them, it's very, very not good. Gonna, not going to lie. Eric made me get a PM sixty four degree this year. Let's go. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was an early adopter. I was an early adopter, but I, I, I'm old enough. I played with the ping eye too, and it looked the same way, man. I saw that sucker. I'm like, yes, I'm back, baby. Side note, side note. We played golf for the first time probably, I think, since 17 or 18, Derek and I, and he pulled out 64 p.m. grind the other day, and first ball he hits, and he goes, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm like, dude, I told you you'd love it's it. unbelievable. Derek must have had a good fitter that day. You know, That's talk right. about these grinds, but you look at Titleist and Callaway and TaylorMade. I mean, it's alphabet soup, right? You got a C grind, a W grind, an X grind, an M grind, a, mm-hmm. a tour grind, and a- ATV. ATV grind. <laughs> there are so many. You're not going to be able to walk into a store and understand, and nor should you, because it's how you deliver back to your early statement in this podcast. Yep. The impact position. How impact are you position. delivering that club? And also the, the conditions we tend to play in too. Soft, firm. Yeah. yeah, exactly. How you? How you? I think a lot of the things when I started learning about wedges a little bit more in depth was what your full shots do and then how you do little half shots full kind of i always say fairly yeah. shots but kind of pitch shots you know that's yeah. what the different the different grinds sure will that will impact how you hit it a little bit better. for your more competitive players your collegiate players your tour professionals maybe your elite juniors is it you know we're here in the midwest right it's it's soggy uh, it gets really firm in the summer right now. It's soup though. We're in spring. It's rain. Should they possibly have maybe a couple different sand wedges and a couple different lob wedges, especially if they're traveling um, and competing? If you go down out in, into Texas playing in a tournament, it's bone dry. That that turf interaction is going to be different than than soggy Ohio, Michigan, Indiana, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I would say that wouldn't be a oh, bad 100%. idea. I wouldn't say that's a bad idea. Yeah. And the only way you're going to know that is if you have the data. Exactly. 
Have the depth. I think also, I, I think wedges don't get replaced enough is my opinion. No. I think people hang on to wedges mm-hmm. three, four, five years and they end up don't, they don't, they wonder why they don't spin it. They hit it higher. That doesn't, that would lose friction. They, or they spin less. Their distance controls off. Yeah. Because uh, they don't have the grooves because they've hit so many balls. They don't have the, they don't have the grab on it. Yeah. How often should a competitive golfer, uh, and then I want to, ask the same question for your recreational golfer. How often should they be replacing wedges? I think it was Scotty. I think it was titles that came out with the, the, that report. I think it was like 75, 75 rounds. No. And that's not including range sessions. That's right? not including if you're, range sessions. If you're beating so. balls on the range on a practice range. You're, you're cranking that. I would say that's down. for the competitive golfer. I think that's for the high level. Once, well, a, once a year, once yeah, a year, once a year. I think, once, year. I think it's good. Also, if people continue to keep buying wedges, take their previous models and use those as your as practice. Your practice. Yeah. yeah. Same saves, grind, yeah. same, once you get fit, you know, that's the grind you need and you're practicing. It saves your competitive. Go out and, and, and use that hitting your shag balls and practicing on an evening and keep the, the tournament clubs there. Yeah, definitely. What are some of the biggest issues that you guys run into with either people that come in for wedges or the putter fittings? Do you guys have any common issues you see with either better players, whether it's, um, gapping issues, grind issues, lofts, length, whatever, what are some common ones that most people tend to have wrong with, with wedges or putters? Turf interaction, I think is my big thing. So they have uh, grind, wrong grind then. Grind and bounce, yeah, okay. that's my thing. So they have the wrong grind. Do you, do you tend so. to see not enough or too much bounce? Both. Okay. I see both. Um, I see, I see, I see people with, or high level kids with sometimes too much for shorter, you know, lob wedge, sand wedge, and then not enough. You know, so it's, I think it's kind of both. It's just, I think it's just the educational. Well, it depends on the wedge, right? You should have a different bounce on your gap that should be made potentially Potentially. different than your sand and potentially different than your lob, depending upon how you deliver the club. And what that club is used for. Correct. My favorites, I think the biggest thing that's always stood out to me because Derek fit me in college. So I think one of the biggest thing was, what do you use this club for? Does this club have a purpose in your bag? And I say that 90% of my fittings, will this, when we're talking about set composition or whatnot, does this four iron have a purpose in your bag? We're not going to hit a four iron. We're not going to keep a four iron in your bag just to hit the ball under a tree. Right. We're not doing that. Right. Right. You know, <laughs> I have had a couple of placeholder clubs in my bags over the years. What are you clearing that for? I have no uh, idea. I need a 14. I have no idea. Um, but I think does that, you know, that's kind of come for me. My, my wedges for reference are 50, 55, 60. I like five. I like five degree gaps. Yeah. That's just kind of what I've always. Some people used. like four. With some people like four, you know, you know, some three to four, I think is traditional, but for like my sandwich, my 55, that's actually for me, I use that for two specific shots, but it serves that purpose, Sure, you know, and that's just what kind of what comes on me. Skidmore 64 that I fit him to. That's the hero club for him. He's taking it upstairs. Sitting in house. In high. What else depends on the kid? That's a great thing. I can still keep that thing low, which I like. You yes, know, you can. It's pretty impressive. We're not all as talented as you, though. I, I mean, shoot, <laughs> that I, is I, accurate. I see you hit balls almost every day, man. But also <laughs> depends on which one you can throw the furthest. That's that's something I like to test out at Miles of Golf. I do the old shot. That's one of our other staff. The members. old shock, and we let's let's see how. Oh, they had some nice flight. Good <laughs> the rotation. Helicopter. The helicopter th- toss that. I put that in the bag. That thing's got good that's lift impressive. on it. Yeah, that's one of our other staff members. <laughs> This, tra- this track man picked that up. 
We might have to give them a call over there and see if we can pick that up. That's right. The helicopter wedge, baby. Well, guys, this has been this has been incredible. I really appreciate it. I I think some of the takeaways for our listeners is you have an you have your own swing and your swing is different than your your best golfing buddy's swing. And you shouldn't be playing the same shafts, same, same loss. Everything matters. It's how you and you hit it early, Eric, how you deliver the ball at impact. And there's so much technology out there. Yes. And all you have to do is watch watch the PGA Tour and see how different every one of those guys swing. I promise you, none of them are hitting the same components. You have the ability to, to be a tour player and, and get fit. Yep. What's the best way for guys to reach out to you, to you all? Is it is it email? Is it to call the shop once things are back up and running here and then just book a session with you? Yep. You can either email on our website, milesgolf.com. You can either email us all individually. Um, I know me and Derek's email is on there. Or you can call the shop at 513-870-9057. Um, and then just say, I want to book a fitting. Then they'll kind of go through whoever answers the phone. Um, we'll go through what kind of fitting you're looking for, whether max or basic, and then book you then when we can get first available. And if you're in Michigan, uh, we'll get that number up on the site, or like you said, milesofgolf.com, M-I-L-A-S, milesofgolf. Yes, again, there's there's no excuse not to go get a fitting. Nope. You're spending th- maybe thousands of dollars that day on some clubs. Why not make sure they're right? Exactly, and last you longer. Correct. All right. Hit ball, see ball. Hit ball, see ball. Guys, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for okay. joining us today. Uh Again, you guys have brought some some really cool um, info to to our listeners, and hopefully they take advantage of it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Marcel, thank you. Yeah, definitely, man. Jim, and thanks. Talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. On behalf of Joe and I, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Inside the Stakes. We hope you enjoyed it. As a reminder, please subscribe to this podcast and be sure to share it with your friends. Till next time keep it inside the stakes.